Well, that's not what I expected. This is Corey, and this is the Odianta Podcast. Good afternoon, everybody. It's Rob. Welcome to episode 286 of the Odianta Podcast, coming to you from the hashtag OTA LA Studios, high above the 110 freeway in downtown Los Angeles, California. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you for listening on your podcatcher of choice. The easiest way to find us is anchor.fm forward slash Anthem. You can find links to all the different services, uh, whichever one you listen to podcasts on, you can find it there. Uh, make it easy for everybody. Yeah, and of course you can find more of the anthem at o the anthem on Twitter and Instagram. A uh, new feature on Instagram, uh, we have a link tree now where mm-hmm. you can actually find links to everything. It's super easy. So if you go to Instagram.com forward slash o the anthem or search for o the anthem on the app, go to our profile. When you hear link in bio, that's what we say. That's what the kids are saying these days. Mm-hmm. Go to the link in bio, and you can actually find an easy way to find links to Anchor, uh, to Twitter, to Facebook, right where you're watching this right now, facebook.com forward slash show the anthem. You can find links to the YouTube page, youtube.com forward slash show the anthem. You can find links to the website, OhTheAnthem.com, and yes. of course there you can find everything including the merchandise page, uh, which uh, you guys are neglecting a little bit, I have to say. <laughs> I think uh, I think everybody's sleeping on the merchandise page. Yeah, there's good thing, good things on there, and more to come. We're we're uh, we're cooking up some schemes. Talking cooking about cooking up some schemes. Yes, uh, there is a couple things we've been uh, turning over on our heads, and uh, one thing that is going live. Uh, should we? What should, where should we start? Well, uh, I mean, I think that there's a there's a lot of things. I mean, we've been talking for weeks about a lot of things that, have, that are happening. Yeah. I mean, uh, in our lives personally, we have a lot of things going on. Oh wait, wait, nope, that's not it. Wait, hang on. Hit the wrong button there. So we're trying a new thing where we have a control board. Corey's got his control board, which yeah. you guys can't see. That's for audio. I'm in charge of the video board. Much less impressive. <laughs> but, uh, so shout your out. buttons do go to additional things. Yeah, like it, it, mine are like menu, submenu buttons, so it goes to a little bit more. So we're trying to get off of the keypad on the keyboard and see mm. how that works out. But nonetheless... Uh, where was I going with that? We have a lot of things, a lot of things new cooking things, up. Yeah, yeah uh, so we're, we're trying to... Well, let's start with this. There's well, how about it? this? Well, oh, here's this is what I was saying. We have a lot of personal things we've talked about. There is a rat in your unit that is a fact. Right? Still going on. Absolutely, yes. Uh, but uh, we have some professional things, some work things going on as well. Yes. Um, I mean, I do think that that cut actually applies for, you know, part of the, the professional projects as well. Um because rats are around stinky things. Uh, and uh, if you guys have been checking out the movie reviews that Corey's been doing, well, there's nothing stinkier than that. That's just <laughs> pretentious bullshit. It's not pretentious bullshit. It's, it's, uh, it's the view of somebody who's inside the industry who makes movies into the thoughts on the movies. So it's a, a critique of it on an artistic level. You guys can't see below the desk. Corey actually grabbed his cup that he was about to take a drink from with the pinky up yeah but he controlled himself and he kept it below the table yeah yeah it's amazing uh but yes it is a, I would, my monocle would have flown off but it's happened so many times today <laughs> I just uh, it's an insider's. i gave up on wearing the monocle it's an insider's view it's an entertainment insider's view now yeah, i mean like I, I i feel like i try and explain to the audience like a you will like this or you will not but rob mm-hmm. rob has problems with the fact that i rate things yeah oh, not just and that rating. every once in a while uh i rate something lower than he would have rated it and yes. now now he has to uh do his own movie reviews to well, spite me he's got the phantom thread rated at like nine nine and then he's That's got it chapter true. two at five six and i'm like wait a second now uh, Molly's Game, 9-7, nearly a perfect movie. No. The only thing that was lacking certainly wasn't the director or the writing 
It was just everything else. Uh, <laughs> As he fillets Aaron Sorkin. That that was not the case. Uh, He's going the, in to look. He's yeah, going to look well, at the Well, because I can't let this this just go on. Because none of those... Uh, no movie has gotten up to like a 9-7 no, yet. No, so. we didn't start it. We Molly's Game was out of the time, and so was... Um, Molly's Game was like one of the first reviews. Oh, I was did. it? Yes. Oh, wow. I didn't realize it went back that far. But uh, Phantom 8-2. Thread, 8-2 was Molly's Game. Uh, Phantom Thread was 8-7. Uh oh shit! The highest rating though, right? Like no, uh, once upon a time is the highest. Okay, right now at Again, pretentious artwork. Uh, nine three, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it chapter two got a six point nine, which is like a C. It's like a C on a curve. That's 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 a good. That's not there's nothing to sneeze at there. So anyway, so this Thursday or last Thursday, uh, I took advantage of a, a new uh, promotional tool on YouTube called Premiere, where I got to watch the video. The video went live at 7 p.m. Thursday, uh, and it w- I watched it for the first time with some people who were live watching it. Um, I probably didn't do myself any uh, favors. I hadn't used Premiere before, and I wasn't sure how it was going to work. So I actually did a Facebook Live at the same time, mm-hmm. and I was chatting with people in the Facebook Live, and then I saw that there were people watching the video, and I was like, oh, you know what? Probably people watching on YouTube chatting with me on Facebook Live. Yeah. And the algorithm would have been much better served by chatting, chatting on with YouTube. Them. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and boosting it up a little bit. But, you know, you miss the video aspect of seeing my face uh, in two different places at once. And really, like, isn't that How what, do you avoid? what you want? Yeah. I mean, come on. Um, so anyway, so yeah, so this Thursday we're going to go live with episode one. Uh, that was the like episode zero. It was the introduction, the explanation of what this thing is. Episode one will be live on Thursday. It chapter two, spoiler alert. I did not give it a C, <laughs> but make sure you check out the intro episode first. Uh, it'll let you know how they're going to work. What's the setup for this entire thing. Um, and uh, then we'll have weekly episodes. And I have an entire back catalog. Uh, I refer to it as CoreyBakerFilmmaker.com. <laughs> and uh, I'll go back through some movies and, and some of the better ones. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood's on my list to do just because it was this summer. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I do think that there will be more alignment in that episode Yeah. than there is disagreement. Uh-huh. Um, but there will be others that I, I certainly disagree with. I also saw uh, Downton Abbey this week, which I don't think you will see. I haven't seen the series, yeah. so like, do not yeah. see the movie. It will make no sense to you. Okay, it literally picks up six months after the last episode, and the first ten minutes are conversations like, you will not understand. Yeah, because because like uh, I didn't imagine it would take the same track as like the Sex in the City movie, where like the first like minute and a half of it is like, of course Miranda was there. Miranda married Steve, had a had a son, moved to Queens. Like, yeah, it explained yeah. like. The what gets you here, and it's just like you didn't have to have seen the series necessarily to understand the story you were watching. Like they they did yeah. the, like basically the theme song, but a longer version with like this is Samantha. Mm. Yeah, She's no, man hungry. <laughs> this was a uh, camera up on Downton Abbey. Yeah, cut to interior kitchen staff doing what they've done every day for the last nine years, and um. I was saying, put it on your camera for a second. Oh, so see, we ha- we also have to stop mixing signals so much. You know what we forgot to do? There's a lot of things. Anyway, uh, so it's camera up on Downton Abbey and then kitchen staff. And the kitchen staff is doing what they normally do, having the conversations that they had. Now, for me, it's been less time because I just binged the entire series earlier this year in preparation for the movie. Uh, but I would not have understood 
anything about what was happening in that first few minutes. And until you get into the actual storyline of the movie itself, uh, it would be kind of difficult. That would be my judging of everything that was going on. You have to know the characters. You have to know what they're talking about. And then eventually, like, uh, um, I mean, if anybody, I, I don't think it's spoiling anything. It's in the, uh, the trailers. Uh, so it's not spoiling anything to say that they... Uh, the king is coming for a visit to Downton mm. Abbey. And once you do that, then I think you might enjoy it after that because you're like, oh, I get it. It's um, Queen Elizabeth's grandfather. Okay. Coming for a visit. No, great-grandfather coming for a visit to Downton Abbey. Mm. And there's a storyline that you would enjoy. But literally, the B, C, D, E, and F storylines... And there are that many. Yeah. Um, because Down Abbey is basically a soap opera for British people who are too pretentious to say <laughs> we like soap operas. Um, so it's like a Corey Baker filmmaker soap opera of oh, sorts. So much. Yeah. So much so. Um, but uh, all of those like sub storylines, you would have no idea what was going on. Right. You'd be like, why are these two old people bitching at each other? But they're friends. I don't understand. It's like, you have to understand. They must be whole, British. <laughs> yeah. There's a whole backstory to the history between these two. Let me give you a 40 minute uh, refresher about this. Um, but it, it's nine seasons. Yeah. Or nine years of seasons. I don't know if it was nine, but it was a lot and it was a lot to go through. So I would just say, listen, if it didn't interest you enough to watch the, I, the show, I just don't. generally speaking, I don't like old English. Well, I mean, it's it's um it's 1920s English. And, oh, okay. yeah. And that's the mind blowing part. It's Queen Elizabeth's great grandfather. And I was trying to do the math about like, oh, so, uh, you know, King's speech and uh, the crown. Yeah. And um. And this uh, Downton Abbey, they all happen within 20 years, 30 years of each other, because the crown is basically after World War Two. And I'm trying to do the math and I'm like, there are five generations in between these these people. Yeah. But so like if the king is there, the king has a daughter and I'm like, oh, those two kids must be Elizabeth and her sister. Mm -hmm. but then I'm like, no, nah, that that's that's can't be uh, that is uh, that's got to be the the son who abdicates the throne and Elizabeth's father. Yeah. And then Elizabeth's father dies and she becomes queen. But I'm like, that means that a monarch died like every seven years between 1930. Inbreeding will do that to well, you. Well, I mean, that's also <laughs> true. Uh, but between 1930 and 1950, a monarch died every seven years in England, yeah. which is ridiculous. Uh, and then Elizabeth gets in there and says, uh, my children are garbage and I am not giving the throne to anyone. Uh, I'm going to outlive my son. And once he's gone, my grandson can have the seat. So, Anyway, uh, we've gone off on, on the yeah, road a little bit. Yeah, we've gone off on a... The, the projects are <laughs> very... I'm tangent. very excited about the uh, the movie review project. It's one of several things we have going. I will apologize in advance. Um, if every do, single week you just take a shot at me and my oh, review... I, I don't apologize for that. That will be happening, uh, at least for the first few weeks. Uh, the sound on the first few episodes is not great. Yeah. Uh, we you use, can tell Corey wasn't there. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but we use a very unique sound routing system to get this out to you live on the internet. And I did not know how to unwind that system and record audio. So the sound itself is not fantastic. Uh, but it will improve as we go. Uh, I'm thinking about getting myself a boom mic. Uh, there's somebody in the other room who has a very nice boom mic. Mm -hmm. So I think I'm going to use that as an example, although I don't need one for, you know, like work. So maybe not. Well, we'll see. I'm going to get something to get better audio going. Um, and I think once that happens, it'll be uh, that's the only flaw. Opinions. Fantastic. Video amazing once the sound is up there it's going to be the trifecta it'll be, be a triple great. thread yep uh, uh by the way comment in the room looking handsome in that shirt 
uh, completely random person who has no ties to me. Thank you very much. Wait, I wait, appreciate it. You the... missed one word in that uh, <laughs> in that comment. Looking handsome in that shirt, babe. Um, yeah. Seems yeah, like a pet name. Are you sure you don't know that person? I mean, you know, it just seems like uh, whoever this random person who said that is is a mm-hmm. uh, is a very. Uh, uh, she did, probably just uses that like like a, a waitress at a diner who's just like, "What do you have, sugar?" Okay. Like, <laughs> <laughs> sure, absolutely. Uh, I will uh, believe that. Like there was a there too. was an actress I worked with on a set recently, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. she sort of had that thing where like she's not like flirting with you, but she like throws out the like. Uh, like I'll see you later, handsome. Yeah, like that yeah. sort of thing. And I don't take it as like she's putting a pass on me. I think of it more as like she just says that to everyone. Mm. Like I could be Quasimodo, like putting her mic on, and she's just like, "Thanks, handsome." Well, uh, luckily Roberto, <laughs> luckily Roberto <laughs> wasn't with you because he would have you know fallen over himself to flirt with her. <laughs> because every person in the service industry, this barista just called me honey. <laughs> I better get her number. You're not even single. It doesn't matter. It's disrespectful if you don't return it. <laughs> anyway, um, so amongst the other things we have going on, obviously, Corey, you know a lot about Corey's projects. But I got a lot of stuff going on. We are discussing the possibility of doing a, a new joint audio project. Yeah, so um, Time Hop recently uh, reminded us recently that when the election of 2016 was happening this podcast became largely politics discussions there was obviously little stories interspersed here and there but the politics of the situation seemed to get way out of hand with the rest of the stuff and the, the last few weeks of us if you we do a uh, like a shared list uh, mm-hmm. of topics and as we creep closer to fall it seems to be taking on ever larger portions yeah of that of that list. So, and we have to actively be like, okay, so we're going to skip the, these three stories so that we can get to something other than politics. Right. So, uh, we've had a bit of a thing with the audience of the show in the past where a lot of people like our politics talk and a lot of people really don't like our politics. Yes. Talk. Yeah. Um, and the, the sort of like, how do we appease both sides of the, the, the coin here where like everyone could listen to the show and not have to worry about like, some politics getting involved and ruining your good fun. But the people who want to hear the politics talk have a place to go and hear us go on it. Yeah. So we're, we're, uh, we're playing around with the idea of launching a new podcast, which will sort of be the politics side of the, Oh, the Anthem podcast, like how we, uh, how we usually do it. Um, but sort of just like, sectioning off the pod politics stuff to another podcast. Yeah. Now we could also get a little bit more wonky and like, yeah, uh, I, I was going to say, it'll be a deeper dive for those of you who enjoy the political talk. Uh, I think that we do also make an effort, even though it may seem that way, to keep it superficial yeah. when we're talking politics. Like, let's just talk about the biggest news of the week. And especially when you're talking about an election, there's a lot you can dive into that we would both understand and want to do. We just don't because it's a little too much for the average person. Uh, so we'd be able to do that. Uh, and then we'd also have more time to talk about other stuff that we want to talk about. Yeah. Entertainment news, uh, what's going on in our lives, all of those things. Um, and uh, for those of you who say, oh, my God, I don't have time for three hours of o the Anthem <laughs> every week. Well, neither do we. Honestly, yeah. I, I, we, we don't want to record three hours. But the I think the, the reason that the podcast goes so long is that we try to jam everything into a single show yeah 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 
And if we would just said, hey, we're going to set 45 minutes aside for this and then 45 minutes aside for that. And we are cutting it. We have to because it's two different shows that will you'll get the same hour, 20 hour and a half just split into two different things. And if you yeah. don't like the politics, then you can listen to the to the fun and games on yes. the other side. And if you really do, then and maybe you don't like everything else and you only like the politics. Yeah. Well, good. Don't listen to the main show you, and you <laughs> just listen to the side show. Um and or both combination or a combination thereof, you know, it's uh, there's a lot of options for you there. But we figured, you know, like we're we're a little over a year out from the election. So now would be a good time to sort of split these things, I think, because uh, obviously it's just a, a lot. So uh, we're welcoming ideas. Anybody has any any thoughts on how they'd like to do uh, how they'd like to get this content? Uh, let us know. Yeah. Uh, at any social network there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, like it's, it's just sort of being, uh, thrown around at the, at this point. So, yes, yeah. uh, we're in the brainstorming phase, uh, but let us know. Absolutely. Um, so I think that that would take us into our normal topics. Yes. Now we get to have a normal show, uh, and move on with things. And that means that it is time for. <laughs> Sports ball. So the Ravens played a football game today. I mean, they they were on a field. Yeah, there was football played. They played. Here's the here's the thing. Um, I feel like this week every year sneaks up on us in a uh, a football fan a gambling sense mm-hmm. where you say there's no way the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to go to go into LA and beat the Rams at the Coliseum. Yeah. It's not going to be a hundred point affair in any event. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, uh, perhaps the Rams, you know, beat them 37 to 10 or something like that. And, uh, all order is restored to the universe, but around this week, uh, every single year, I feel like, uh, there's a couple notable losses of people. We didn't think were good beating people who we thought were good, or teams that were really close, you know, like maybe a, a, a closer game than we imagined and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't sleeping on the Browns at all. I thought that all this talk about them being disappointing and falling under was only going to make them come out harder in this game. And especially a division game where they could uh, now they are the division leaders. Yeah. By proxy of the fact that we have a tie in record, but they have more division wins because they beat us. So far, it's one and oh versus yep. oh and one. Yeah. Um. But I mean, like, I'm not really worried about it for the long term. I feel like uh, there was some horrible coaching decisions today. Uh, I don't understand how you don't throw the. Uh, I, I, I it's hard to tell when the the audio is not on where you are in like challenge flags and stuff like that. Right. And now I, we were at the we were watching at the bar, and yeah. the audio sometimes is for the game, but for us we didn't get the audio today. Mm-hmm. The uh, the Raiders fans got the audio, so we were watching without sound. Yeah. So uh, perhaps they said it, and I didn't know. But uh, it seems like the uh, incomplete pass, or it turned into interception. It no, was no. the interception. Yeah, oh, yeah, the interception, interception in, in the end, end zone. zone with four something left in the game, and we were down by two touchdowns at that point. Yeah, um, the pass w- to Andrews. Yeah, would have been a wonderful opportunity to challenge the pass interference because the other guy was tackling Mark Andrews. Yeah, uh, prior to him getting the any any hands on the ball. Um, I, I don't know what the calculus was there. Maybe he challenged something dumber earlier in the game and I, I missed it at some point. Yeah. Um, not entirely sure, but, but I, I think <laughs> the math came down to exactly what you said, which is they had one timeout. 
Yeah. And he was thinking, oh, well, we got to save that time out. They had two. I think they were worried if we don't make this, then we uh, only have one. And then we can't like we, we will be left with only, you know, three minutes left in clock. Yeah. To be able to make our comeback kind of thing. And but it's like, it made it much less it likely. Like it would have been easier yeah. to score from the one yard line and, you know, like kick off the ball normally, stop them and then be able to score. Like yeah. if you use that logic for how you were going to progress forward, then that would have been I don't know. Again, I, I did not have like the challenges like right in front of me and stuff like that, so I don't know. But, but um, it seems like the like the second or third consecutive week that we've come out of the game saying something about this. Yeah. About coaching decisions that just don't seem logical. So I will say this. Uh I think I I can see the money ball aspect of football showing itself in the Ravens so far this season. Uh, the propensity to go for two and uh, so- some of the decisions that they make uh, a lot of, I-, I see it a lot in the running game too, where just the movement seems a lot more analytical yeah. than it does like a coach, like drawing in the dirt, like, and then you move across this way, you know, like it's all, it's all timed within an inch of its life and everything like that. Um, and I think that it's just a matter of trying to, I feel like we have a lot of pieces. We just don't know how they all work together yet. Yeah. And especially the defense with injuries and like, you know, Mosley being gone and Zardarius Smith being gone and uh, just like trying to figure out how to make this unit work to its best efficiencies. Sometimes like when, when you get a new person at work, yeah. if you're a manager and you get a new person at work, sometimes the hardest part is for the first three weeks, I want to throw you around in different places and see where you succeed. Yeah. Uh, and you might not be good at, you know, the cash register or something like that. Um, but you know, like, oh, I find this out by putting you on the cash register. Like, you know, like they, I think the Ravens are doing this thing where they're like trying to figure out who's going to be the rushing down back. I mean, like who's going to be the, the pass rush specialist, who's going to be the, the Mike linebacker on blitzes and stuff like that. It's, it's hard to figure out, uh, exactly what this team is yet but i feel like it's a work in progress that will get there eventually well i want to take two seconds step aside uh and say hello to motaz who's watching us from alaska thanks for joining us motaz uh and terry all the way from maryland with another compliment you guys are looking good yeah well thanks terry appreciate that um but you know when you're going to the money ball aspects of everything my mind immediately goes to the fact that matt gay who is the kicker for tampa bay yeah has an insane problem kicking field goals from pat line yeah and if (laughs) he can hit it from 58 no problem but he keeps going wide right from the pat (laughs) distance and it's just like wait so if i put you at the 60 yard line to start a kick you have like a 90 that didn't work either because last week uh, they took a pass interference or took oh, yeah. a, took to a uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, <laughs> delay, a game. delay a game yeah. to move back an extra five yards and get him into his comfort zone. And he missed that kick. Yeah. So, yeah. so the math doesn't really work, but, uh, but my point was that sometimes like, I feel like kickers just need to like, I, I, I like it if the idea is like, Oh, I'm better from the left than the right. So if you can get me to the left, I would right. appreciate it. Well, but I'll kick from anywhere on the field. I don't care. I'm just happy to be here. My you know? point <laughs> is, though, you have Justin Tucker. You have Justin yeah. Tucker, the most automatic kicker in the NFL today. And you're going for two in situations that it just does not make sense to me. I, I So, I, I again, I think this is part of, like, uh, 
a process like when the when the uh uh Oakland A's became like the moneyball team in yeah. baseball and first introduced us to the idea of like sort of like a statistical revolution and the way that the game could be played. It was kind of touch and go there for a while when the team was first getting together under yeah. this under these auspices because it was very tough to understand uh, how this was going to work. Like you were telling people to play in different positions they've never played before based off of information or like, you know, they were going to do shifts that have never been seen before based off of like hit probability average and stuff like that. And all of these things didn't like it, it seemed foreign and weird and different in a way that it it didn't immediately show itself in results on the field and they weren't winning every game right they were winning plus one game over five or six or seven games yeah. and that's that averages out to a lot over the course of a season but not a lot in a week so uh it's something you have to worry about and, and i mean maybe maybe but the problem is we have 16 games mm-hmm. in an nfl season and some of those decisions seem to have put us in a bad place to win the game especially the last two weeks so yeah i i just I have been a support Harbaugh and let him do what he thinks is best guy for a while. I just don't know how long that faith lasts. I think that's that's where I'm at. I think there's a benefit to having a steady hand at the at the helm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like they there was a uh, they were honoring Billick today at the stadium. Yeah. Like that's another like we've gone from Billick to Harbaugh. And those have been our coaches for the last 20 years. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like the Browns have had you know 20 coaches in those 20 years probably so yeah so i mean like well, they didn't have a team for a couple of those years well yeah and i mean like (laughs) i i I guess if there's anything i i feel uh happy for brown fans in a way that they feel like this is probably a one of their key victories of all time because they beat us at home and i don't know so whatever that's fine yeah um i i don't know if harbaugh should be fired I, I feel like he's fine. He do, he he knows what he's doing, and he's like he he's proven himself to like work his way out of trouble before. Yeah, I think that it's hard to explain to somebody how this might be a more difficult task of putting together this team than it seems like. Yeah, and I think there's also an aspect of we don't want to give up all the all the goods right now. You know, I I, I still feel like there's a there's probably a, a a version of this offense that happens in practice where it's like, this is the three minute offense where we have to score two touchdowns. Yeah, how do we do it? Like, well, that was today. So, oh, I know, but I'm saying like well. it doesn't it it didn't work today. But I'm saying like I feel like there's a there there's plans there there's a this team only feels like it can get better. That's that's my point, I guess. Like. And I, I sit there and say, like Miles Boykin doesn't get any kind of action today. He gets a little bit of action. He looks really good. Um, maybe there will be, you know, when Miles Boykin becomes more of an asset to the team, the offense will improve with it. Do you want us to be sitting in week fourteen out of the playoffs and then have him start dropping these like amazing things that we didn't know we were going to see? Like, let's just use the tools that we have and not wait. Like I last night we were we were playing a new game. All the friends the friends were here. We were playing a new game, mm-hmm. and Corey is a huge fan. There's a card to play called the Double Down card, and if you lose, if you miss it, or if you don't get the point, you lose it for the whole game. Now you could use it as many times as you want, every single hand. Yeah, but if the first time you miss, you're done. And I didn't use it once during the entire game. Mm-hmm. 
And I think that that is the difference between us is that you're, you are the like, you got to use it. You got to use it, which is weird for me to now hear you saying that like, oh, well maybe we should just keep some things in reserve. Maybe that's the way to play this thing. So no, I, 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 cause this Ravens offense is a lot more aggressive than it has been in the past. We go for it a lot more. uh, Like on fourth down, we go for it a lot more. Right. Two point conversions. We go for it a lot more. Um, Sort of like, uh, anything being possible on any down is happening a lot more with this team. It doesn't matter if it's third and eight. We'll run the ball because we have confidence that we might actually be able to pick yeah, up those eight yeah. yards. Not since the days um, of Ray Rice have we been doing yeah. that. <laughs> but the uh, – I don't know. I just – it's a weird laugh too. I mean, do you remember the third and 38 that uh, he picked up? Third and 27. Third and 27. Yes. Yes. Third and 27 he picked up. Just. You mean, hey, diddle, diddle, Ray Rice up the middle? There we go. All right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a play went well when they make T-shirts about it. Mm. Um, I don't know. I, I, it's just a very aggressive team that I feel like it's it's kind of like a. Have you seen a play in its like first week? Yeah. Like a professional play, yeah, not like a school but play. St- they are still working out the kink. So yeah, like, and it, we've and only it, done this eight times. So Right. And uh, there's a difference between doing it on the practice field and doing it live. Yeah. And I think I, I just uh, for whatever reason, it just feels like things aren't quite clicking. Yeah. I felt this during the, the Chiefs game, too, because like even though we were down huge at halftime, we kind of it just felt like everything was just like, oh, he just missed that throw by this much. Yeah. If we get the timing a little bit better, that would have been a huge play. Um, next time we'll get that time. You know, it just felt a little bit off. That's all. And I, again, I have hope for the future. I, I, I feel like this is there's no petition to fire Harbaugh this second. No, I don't but, think anybody's thinking that. But uh, question from the chat. And remember, you can uh, join us. We record live at Facebook.com forward slash or the anthem. Uh, join us in the chat, ask questions, make comments. We'd like to interact with you guys. But Terry asked, how do you guys feel about Lamar? Well, I think that Lamar is a MVP level caliber quarterback at the end of the day. I, I it's it's again a, a thing of like, can it all be put together? I feel like there's a lot of parts of Lamar's game where it's just like he doesn't quite have the reps like. Uh, if you hear like a quarterback who's been around for a long time, like Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, they'll talk about how the game finally feels more automatic to them. Yeah, because they've seen everything. They they know how you know like defenses move, and they have a different vision of the field mm-hmm. because they've done it so many times, and that happens all over the place. Any job, the first week on a job is going to be way worse than your last week on the job because you've had more time devoted to how you have to go through the processes but the one thing that i think is amazing about lamar and everyone sleeps on is that there was a point in the game today where there were two defensive players like just coming in on lamar ready to tackle him for a seven Mm -hmm. yard loss he avoided both of them avoided the guy in front of him was able to go all the way around and get a first down so the option was either first down with Lamar running it or a seven-yard loss if it was like Flacco, for instance, who yeah. wouldn't be able to avoid the initial contact. Yeah. Um, so it, it's <laughs> making, making all the noise. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a it, – that sort of thing where you can you can turn sure sacks into first downs is – an unbelievable asset to have with Lamar's yes, legs. Absolutely. Know? And I mean, I think that the, uh, there is a time when that will be, 
that will become a bigger deal uh, as we move forward. I still have questions. I want to believe, but I have the hints of RG3. Mm-hmm. Do you have that feeling at all? Like a little concern about RG, like the same concern that I had about RG three in Washington. I have about Lamar now. No, and the only reason why I don't is because RG three seemed more reckless about it. Okay, like RG three was like, I'm just going to run until somebody physically tackles me to the I, ground. I, that's true. Yeah, uh, Lamar looks for the sidelines a lot. Uh, Lamar puts himself in positions where he's never really tackled, like, uh, viciously. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of the, like, oh, let's take this little stutter step to get somebody to miss me. That was really funny Maybe they, yeah. Maybe they get a little bit of my jersey and I fall, but it's not the same as, like, having a helmet-to-helmet impact, like, in the middle of the field while you're rushing for that yeah. extra couple yards. Um, he doesn't slide, but I don't think he needs to because I think he he's – Doing a good enough job of keep, of keeping himself out of the jackpot for an injury, a potential injury. Yeah. You know? And uh, we've not seen in the last two weeks what we saw in week one, which is the scramble backwards 20 yards and sometimes throw it, sometimes take a loss. So yeah. uh, that's a positive. So we're moving in the right direction, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the message. We're moving in the right direction. Um, and we'll have to see how it shakes out. By the way, when uh, while you were talking about Brady, I, I remembered a factoid I saw. Uh, which is that in the years since Tom Brady has been active in the league, Tom Brady has won more games in Buffalo than any quarterback from Buffalo has won in Buffalo, yeah. uh, which is a startling statistic to uh, to try and embrace. Just because uh, they go there twice a week or twice At a year. At least you're not a Bills year. fan. Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah. It could be worse. You could be a Bills fan. So um, anyway, so I think that that is uh, all the time we have for sports ball this week. <laughs> lot to get to on the main list yeah so uh last week we uh talked a little bit about this uh burgeoning impeachment scandal well no what we said was nancy pelosi you need to do your job or you need to quit yeah now you may remember that we have a bit of a history with that we told stephanie wallings blake she needed to do her job or quit and she quit we need. We told Catherine Pugh, "You need to do your job or quit." SRB was eventually though. She yeah, eventually yes. She drug her feet on that. Uh, and and uh, Catherine Pugh, and she quit as well. Uh, and we said Nancy Pelosi last week, "You need to do your job or quit." And you know what, Corey? I'm getting a little sick of having to be the last vanguard of the republic <laughs> and push these people to do the job for which they're elected. Yeah. But here we are once again, finally. The House of Representatives takes action nearly single handedly because of our words on the podcast. Last yeah, week. well, I imagine that uh, uh, sometimes something big happens in the news and I want to hear a particular person's insight on it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, a big football week. I want to I want to hear what uh, Bill and Sal have to say when they guess the lines on the Bill Simmons. podcast. Sure. You yeah. know, like uh, uh, or, you know, it's a big political news happens. I have a couple shows that I like to, to get the opinions of. Um, I feel like Nancy Pelosi probably does the same thing with our show. Yeah, clearly. And she was just like, I don't know what to do about this whole Trump impeachment Mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. It seems like to a layman, the evidence is overwhelming. But perhaps I'll listen to the Oh, the Anthem guys first and see what. See, now I I take the Corey and Rob will set set me straight. I take the opposite tact. I think she thinks she's too good for the show. But I think Dick Durbin and maybe some uh, Senate Democrats (laughs) do listen. And they were like, you know what? These guys, 
They're right about this. She needs to do her job or quit. And then they were like, we're going to call you out. And, and John Lewis, who obviously we are a fan of, we've sung his praises many times. He must listen because he was just like, you know what? I'm stepping out of the shadow. If these guys are going to call it, I, I got to call. It. I should look through like Twitter mentions and stuff like that and see if there's any like clues that there might be like a secret account. Oh, like, that they're they're watching. Yeah, like yeah, at yeah. definitely not Nancy Pelosi tweets us. <laughs> yes, yeah. It's like you bring up some very interesting points. I, I really will consider like that. Address this. I will consider this, and my job as oh God, not what's speaker. a regular person job? Or er, uh, teacher? <laughs> they're heroes, you know. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> heroes. Teachers are heroes. Yes. Uh, which gets uh, <laughs> thank you. Definitely not Nancy Pelosi. Definitely not Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> But yeah, so impeachment has taken over the news, and uh, yeah, we were. Can you give us a summary of the uh, the top stories out of the the impeachment uh, framework this week? Oh Jesus Christ! Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, number one, just a, a fun fact about uh, hiring potential lawyers. If you ever are in the position of hiring a lawyer, um, definitely don't hire one who is going to talk about your case. And all the things that nobody knows about your case on national television. Well, I think number is one is a... don't hire Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> number <laughs> two not is a good idea. Don't compare your compare your lawyer to Rudy Giuliani. Is he similar? Don't hire him. <laughs> I mean, like, okay, so the thing that that really is kind of mind numbing to me at this point is the the Trump faithful and the tact in which they're trying to take to explain why it could be a crime yeah. but i don't know if it is a crime it, like Listen, i don't the know the real crime here is I what mean, joe like, biden is doing with chris murphy in the ukraine thank god uh lindsey graham or one of the the trump acolytes had never at some point put some sort of uh uh line in the sand out publicly yeah yeah because i can't imagine like i feel like a month ago Lindsey Graham could have made a statement going like, well, as long as Trump doesn't call the president of another nation uh, under after threatening to uh, hold back money due to them and uh, specifically ask for some sort of political favor as a quid pro quo for the money that would be coming to him, then I, I, I don't think he's broken I think, any crime. I feel like if he did that, then finally that would raise to the level of an impeachable event. Yeah. And then a month later, it's just like, oh, well, uh, holy shit. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we like, don't know for sure he did that. Transcript gets released. OK, so it's clear that he did that. But did he mean to do that? This That's is the question. Here, here's the wonderful part about the crime that Trump has been committed of. Uh, accused of. Accused of. Accused of. Yes. Uh, uh it's that if you take away its base levels, it's still a crime no matter what. Yes. Like, yeah. even if Trump is 100% certain that that Biden was up to something in Ukraine and that his son was in, up to something in Ukraine, and we've all gotten this wrong, and uh, the fact that the timeline doesn't make any sense is irrelevant to the point, they've definitely profited off of this. And he yes. thinks that the Ukraine should look into it and the whole mo holding money aside is just co complete coincidence. Simply asking for it yeah. is a crime. Uh, simply asking for it is not just a crime against, you know, like using your, your uh, the benefits of being the president to benefit you politically, but it also benefits you monetarily 
because mm-hmm. it would hurt Joe Biden, who would potentially be one of the people you would face off against an election. Yeah. And there's the part that maybe uh, Trump is like, Biden has the best chance of beating me. So let's eliminate Biden. Democrats will uh, pick uh, Elizabeth Warren and then I'll sail to a victory because nobody likes Elizabeth Warren. Yeah. Uh, I I can foresee the logic behind that, but that doesn't change the fact that that's a crime. I mean, like, it's like. And here's the thing, though. There's a way to do like this. If, if, if I if, if I was a Republican and I murdered a Democrat, like the fact that I'm a Republican and I murdered a Democrat is kind of irrelevant to the fact that I committed murder. Yeah. Like yeah. the crime stands on its own. It doesn't need to have any kind of political. The thing is, though, he's so dumb because there is a way to do this without committing a crime. As long as you don't connect the money. Yeah. To the request, you're fine. Yeah. And don't make the request specific. Like, hey, you know what? That 25 that we've got locked up and we should be giving you. We're going to work on that. I'd really like to get you that money. Side note, completely unconnected. <laughs> I hear that perhaps some factor, some people in well, our government <laughs> may have been involved in something in your country. You should maybe investigate that. I think that would be a good thing to do in the spirit of coming together as leaders. Great. No crime committed. One leader asking another to investigate an internal issue that might impact the other leader. Totally fine. Not withholding the money as a condition of that investigation, totally fine. If Trump had potentially uh, just been on the phone call with uh, Zelensky and said, uh, by the way, I, uh, nobody can seem to fill me in on the exact details over here. Yeah. But uh, there was something that was going on with you and Obama at the end of his last term, or, you know, like between Ukraine and Obama at the end of his last term. And I just want to make sure everything's covered the way it should be. Yep. Uh, maybe your State Department talks to our State Department and we work out the details. Absolutely. Like, that would have been, that would have been an easy way to sort of get information. And, yeah. But and that, then you get off the phone where there's 50 people on the call and you go to your guy at the State Department and you'd be like, I want him to go after Biden. Here, here is, so the other problem is just compounding problems. Like, uh, there at any number of points, a reasonable lawyer <laughs> could have guided you through how to have a conversation without putting yourself in the jackpot. Or you uh, know what? But stood the, in the room with cue cards, like <laughs> this is what you should say. Yeah. Just read the card. You've been on TV before, sir. Just read the cards. I mean, like credit even to Michael Cohen, who like, when they released those tapes of him and trump talking together it's yeah. just like what do we give him cash in a plastic bag and cohen's just like no 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, no i don't think you understand how this works and, <laughs> and literally but if this if he was in charge of a criminal enterprise anywhere that wasn't protected by the office of the president yeah. he would be in jail already yeah. like the way that he thinks that criminal enterprises are run he's like you know what i've seen the godfather uh i've seen goodfellas I feel like we could get this done. No, you have no idea what you're doing. You are Fredo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, anyway, and it may lead to his impeachment um, because. Uh, well, uh, so hold on real quick. Oh, just, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go. Uh, just because I was talking about compounding problems. Uh, so <laughs> Rudy Giuliani goes on television, uh, shows his phone on like TV, and it has uh, text between him and somebody at the State Department. And the fact that uh, Rudy Giuliani was like taking or was like working on behalf of the State Department might be an additional crime. Yes. Um, yeah. 
which he's basically admitted to on television. Releasing the transcript didn't help. Even if you're making the lawyerly thing of like, this isn't a direct word for word transcript. Yeah. It's based off of notes of people in the room who uh, just happen to take exceptional notes because <laughs> their job to, is to they, take notes. They have to be able to express like pretty much exactly what a leader said on the phone call with the president. But, you know, that's either here or there. I guess if you wanted to take it to court and fight whether or not this is a, a word for word <laughs> transcript of what Trump said then uh yeah go for it but uh it did include the phrase do me a favor which, yes yeah. which is uh not something that people usually freelance on like well, that's something it, you would remember somebody saying kind it, of thing if you had a good lawyer they would do things like hey how did the translator <laughs> translate the phrase do me a favor to the ukrainian yeah because Maybe there's not an exact translation what? into Ukrainian. That depends on what your definition of that is. Yes. Yeah. It's like, well, he what he did here was he used the wrong word for that and me and favor. And the problem with that is that what he essentially said to him was, uh, I'm asking for something and expecting nothing in return. That's what the word. Yeah, he yeah, used. yeah. OK, great. But, you know, where we're going to find out whether uh, what, what language was translated and used. Uh, in the hearings that the Democrats are going to have. In the impeachment hearings, yeah. yeah. So that's coming up now. By the way, another fun one, just for the Trump people, just real quick. One last one. <laughs> I, I swear I swear, I'm just not going to Monday morning quarterback all their hor horrible decisions here. But uh, apparently uh, the people who were involved with that call immediately after it happened, and this is, I think, according to the Washington Post released this one, mm -hmm. um, they put it in a secret server away from the rest of the calls or rest, away from the rest of the information. And uh, as if they knew something was bad about <laughs> yeah, that call. As, as if something might come up with it. And now there's a lot of discussions of like, well, what else is on this server? Yeah. <laughs> um, hmm. Which will get subpoenaed and we'll find out eventually. So. Unless it gets accidentally deleted in the meantime. Yeah. Which, by the way. And another thing, <laughs> just, just uh, bringing it up to the point of the hearings yeah. that will happen. Uh, say, uh, you bring in Rudy Giuliani for, uh, for a panel there yeah, and he doesn't show up. That adds another charge yeah. <laughs> to the impeachment documents. Contempt so, of Congress. You yeah. Have all to these, go all these people have to come up, answer questions truthfully or go to jail. And if they don't do it, then it's another strike against Trump for impeachment. So let's remind everyone this started because... A government agency, which is required to turn over to Congress a whistleblower request, did not do so. Right. So the DOJ did not do that. Alternate history right now. Yeah. The DOJ grabs a bunch of whistleblower complaints because, by the way, there are hundreds of requests to be protected as whistleblower that are submitted every year. Yeah. Probably more than probably thousands every year. Um, and it's mostly people who are self-important. Uh, who are in their department, they think, oh, my God, I know all the secrets yeah. and I need to. My director doesn't this. know anything. Yeah. And, uh, and then they make the submission and the person who reviews it is just like, you know what? There's nothing here. Yeah. Uh, this guy has no idea what's happening. at. What do I care? Jeffrey Buckingham. cooks tuna fish in the microwave. Yeah. Well, I mean, even more important than that, it's, <laughs> know, it's, it's somebody who has like level two security clearance who doesn't know that this guy is operating under level five security clearance and he knows things that you don't know. Yeah. Uh, and so when it looks like he's ignoring policy, he's ignoring the public policy. He's not ignoring the private policy, which is really what he has to follow. 
But if you group just a bunch of those together and then not first like a flood the zone. Oh, just yeah. dump them into Congress. Then no one on those committees is going to review it. It's going to be some guy in their office who reviews it, probably an intern. If they don't find it, you roll the dice. They don't find it. OK, let's say they do find it. Great. Now you roll the dice of them sending it back to the DOJ and saying, what's the status of this? Have we given him whistleblower protection? Let's give him whistleblower protection. Perfect. Great. That means he gets to come in and tell the DOJ, who's clearly an independent body. Yeah, certainly not uh, an arm of the executive branch. Now, uh, to tell him his story, uh, there will be a report published based on that, that conversation, Yeah, which will be sent to Congress. No one from Congress will be there. No one will really know what's said in the room. They will only know the results of that report, which is classified. Only Eyes only for Congress. Yeah. And if you are someone in the Speaker's office and you get a boring-ass report about a phone call where Trump says some inappropriate things but not illegal things, do you push it any further? Right. Especially in the fact that this call happened the day after the Mueller testimony. Yeah. So there was kind of a feeling within the Democrats, I feel like, at that point where they tried to take a shot with Mueller and it yeah. didn't work. And now do you really want to like this thing that seems like maybe it was nothing is uh, uh, on your desk and no like an intern season? It just gets passed along because they don't know what's better. And and then you're just like, all right, so we already took our shot. We, we missed. Yeah. Do we take another shot now or does that make him untouchable? In the future. Should right. we wait for something that's way better? Yeah. Now, it turns out there's a lot to this. Yeah. And it looks like it might be a big thing. But it didn't look like that from the surface. And I just keep going back to the fact that if the president had anyone with political background around him, they could make far better decisions. Yeah. This is something that a political operative, a not a, an operative, but someone with political experience would be like, okay, great. Bury that. Send them 200 well, and let them find it. And if they find it, we'll give it to them. We'll, we'll do everything they ask, but we'll hide it in plain sight instead of just, no, no, we're not going to give it to you. Now I'm saying, wait, you give us hundreds a year. Why won't you give me this one? I, I think that people think of lawyers in a binary response. Oh, yeah, yeah. I hire a lawyer, and depending on how much I pay for that lawyer depends on how much I get off. Like. Yeah. <clears throat> If I pay a thousand dollar an hour lawyer, I'm definitely getting off from this crime, no matter what. Even if I did it, not true. Rudy has got a big <laughs> bill for Trump, and uh, if I hire this twenty dollar an hour lawyer, I'm definitely going to lose. Yeah, uh, probably yeah. will anyway. But I'm just saying, like you know, like eh, listen, <laughs> you know. But the uh, the idea being that people think that there's like a direct correlation from one thing to the other. They also think that a lawyer's job is strictly about the guilty or innocent at the end of it all. Yeah. Where a good lawyer is also trying to limit your liability or trying to keep other things from becoming part of the problem. Yeah. And this is where uh, the Trump administration is in real trouble because they keep saying things and doing things in interviews and in front of cameras where they basically imply a new part of like the State Department is now, yeah. <laughs> now in the middle of this. Yeah. The Justice Department is now in the middle of this. Rudy's now in the middle of this. Uh, there's there's conversations about whether or not uh, Pompeo and uh, uh, fuck uh, Bill Barr yeah. uh, might lose their jobs over this sort of thing. You know, like now, and let me let me tell you, uh, I know a lot about people. I'm pretty good at reading people. And mm -hmm. Mike Pompeo is a snitch. 
<laughs> if you get him on the stand, he will snitch on you so fast. All they got to do is wave immunity in front of him, and he'll be like, what do you want me to say? What do you want me to say up there? He will turn into Kashi 6 9 on the stand, blaming everybody for everything. He's going to... He, Mike Pompeo will get on the stand and start talking about who is in the nine tray blood <laughs> if you ask him the right questions just to keep his own ass out of jail. I, I also uh, somebody was deposed recently. I can't remember. It was a it was for it was in regards to the whistleblower. Yeah. Uh, but it was like a, a newly elected head of uh, national intelligence or something. I can't remember exactly. I was on set, so I didn't catch all the news. But you could tell from his answers that there was a. uh there was this thing where he was trying to balance two two different uh, viewpoints here. Yeah, yeah. Where like he's like, uh, Trump is my boss in a way, and he's going to come ask me about all the things I said on the stand. Yeah. So I have yeah. to keep that in mind when I answer. But if I also lie to Congress, I could go to jail. Yeah. So I have to like. So it'd be like if you were like in front of a, <laughs> if you were on the stand in a court in a trial, and someone's just like, uh, Rob, do you think your girlfriend's fat? You're just like. I really don't want to answer this question under oath, you know, like I don't want to be the person who is like in the position of like, I have to answer truthfully because I could go to jail if I lie. But I also don't want this answer to come back when my girlfriend goes and says like, having, uh, why did you, uh, have you, you referred recently to documents released by the department of health? <laughs> I will say that she has, she falls into the range of a healthy BMI score. Yeah, well, you dry it. Yeah, you make it dry. To, to that's make. a re- that is a non-answer. It doesn't say what I think. It just says I've done some research, and here well, is a and, nice medical and, answer. It also doesn't like doesn't make the other lawyer like putting his hands together, going like, yeah, "Oh, I got him got on that perjury trap." No, nope, not at all. You ain't See, got me, sucker. Listen, Trump, you need a lawyer. <laughs> I know a guy. Uh, I I'm just like this. This whole thing is just unbelievable. How how. How fucking deep it goes with this nonsense. Well, and again, so if you're just truthful at the beginning, well, like truthful at the beginning, they don't find out about the secret server. You could say, hey, it got deleted. Because yeah. if you go on the main server, it's not there. Can't find it. But now they, they know about the secret server and it's like, well, what else did you stash on there because you were worried about well, I mean, it? And it blows and, wide open. And it's like if if uh, if this play, if this is played out the way that it should, then... Uh, not only is the secret server server not in the whole picture, but like it's, they can't make a request for those documents. Nope. nope. If they're not formally impeaching me, what are they gonna do? Ask for them, and then I just don't give them to them. Yep. Like it, executive privilege. Yeah. Strong. That's classified. Of that. I can't. Yep. I can't possibly give it to you guys. Yeah. Uh, but I will say that uh, Trump aside, it has been a bad week in general for the conservative movement worldwide. Yeah. You know, it, it's weird because we have this thing where. When one government becomes like ultra conservative, you get a movement of governments that way. Um, we've talked in weeks past about, or months past, I guess, about Marie Le Pen doing really well in the French elections, although mm. she didn't get elected. Uh, Boris um, Johnson. Johnson taking over with the Conservative Party in uh, the UK, which was a definite shift to the, to the right, uh, even though relative right, yeah. not really the far right, uh, far right for the UK. Um, and... Boris has his own set of issues now. It looks like he's about to be investigated for some shady dealings. Um, while he was mayor, uh, color me surprised, okay. the guy who Trump really likes had some shady business dealings while mayor. 
uh, or while in his previous position. Um, Benjamin Netanyahu also under investigation, and uh, he tried to pull himself a Trump where he was like, you know what? We're going to have ourselves some elections. I'm going to get elected in a landslide, and everyone's going to forget all about this. Yeah. And then that didn't happen, and they failed to form a government, or it looks like they're going to fail to form a government, I wonder which if, means— I wonder if that's why MBS is on 60 Minutes. He's just like, I see the, I see the, the, the wave coming. Things are falling <laughs> apart. Uh, I need to be a good guy. Let's. <laughs> I need to get ahead of this. Yeah, how do we, <laughs> how do we make me out to be a good guy now? Uh, how do you come back from murdering a journalist? Um, so what happened with Jamal Khashoggi? Uh, real tragedy. I don't know. Yeah. Don't know uh, listen, bad things happen all the time. Uh, I told them that uh, the embassy was no place to have that very steep staircase that led down to the grinding room. And unfortunately, he made a right instead of a left. I kept telling him, restroom's on the left, Jamal. It's on the left. Yeah, but he don't. made a right. He fell down the stairs into the grinder. And here we are. Yeah. And if you don't eat your meat, then you can't have any pudding. Yeah. So, yeah. you know. Uh, anyway. Uh, so, yeah. So, uh, BB's in trouble. Boris is in trouble. Trump is definitely in trouble. <laughs> MBS uh, looks like he's going to try to avoid some trouble by being on American TV. But I have a feeling he's not as smart or as smooth as he thinks he is. And perhaps that will lead to his undoing as well. Um so right, he just has his iPad on his lap and it just <laughs> feeding secret him. secret plans to bomb America on it. And it's just like, she's just like, I noticed uh, you're on. <laughs> excuse me, don't mind. Uh, the, uh, you know, I, I I just happened to catch a glance, but uh, what's uh, what's on your iPad there? <laughs> Uh, so it doesn't things aren't looking good for right wing strong men around the world, uh, which does look good for you know the world. So. Good for us. We are moving in the right direction. Um, and we have some more stuff here. Uh, just quickly on the election, we're 123 days from Iowa. Uh, I think this week one of the big stories was it seems as though a title shift has happened and Elizabeth Warren has moved into the front runner position. Yeah. She has outraised Biden. Uh, this, or it's estimated that she's outraised Biden in this quarter. Uh, her She's stronger in the opening states uh the opening uh, primary states than biden is um but we're still 123 days away from iowa so we are 120 days from finding out anything that anyone has to say about this election and that means it's a problem because everyone's in if no one's out yeah you can't start kicking people out well the voters can't start kicking people out so everybody gets to stay in at least for now um but you know maybe uh Zelensky will find something and we'll get rid of two birds with one stone. I, I'm kind of worried about Elizabeth Warren being the front runner. I am as well. I and not because I don't. I dislike Elizabeth Warren. I I actually enjoy her a lot. I think that uh, of anyone who's running for president, uh, she is one of the smarter people I've seen try and do it before, and uh, she. She says things that make a lot of sense, and they make a lot of sense in the se- in the in the way that um, harm has been done, and now we're looking for some sort of uh, restitution for it. I know restitution sort of carries a, the the slavery restitution aspect of it, but I'm saying like there's sort of uh, this feeling of like uh, uh, all these people who applied for college because they said it was so important to go to college, and all these loan companies are terrible. 
and uh, all these schools are charging outrageous sums for things that help pay for a football stadium that doesn't impact the students who go there like or like while they're there. <laughs> like, yeah. Like all these things are compounding on the fact that there are millions of people who have trouble making a life for themselves because they're, you know, consumed by student loan debt. Like that makes sense to me. Hmm. Like, what's that starting, like? No idea. Hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the like healthcare has tried to, has uh, been profiting off of other people's sickness for a long time. We have to swing the pendulum in the other direction. Like, you know, there's a lot of like cor- course correction that she's talking about, which I think are, are good ideas and good ways of uh, portraying them. Yeah. The, the singular problem with Elizabeth Warren is that she sort of started off as a punching bag for the right, and she hasn't up until her recent time in the spotlight been able to fight against that in any kind of yeah. real way. Yeah. And that's the problem I feel like she's ultimately going to run up into is the fact that probably not – exactly like Hillary but sort of in a similar vein to Hillary there's a lot of people on the right and the the middle who have sort of already made up their mind on her without even hearing her talk yeah and sometimes those those uh, uh preconceived notions kind of hurt your ability to ever fight against it because you you're just like well Hillary's crooked and anything she's saying is a lie so like I think the good news is the Hillary feelings were very deep-seated for yeah. 30 years of people feeling that way and so Hillary, she has a Hillary fought back a lot too which yeah. I don't think helped her I mean like you know it's hard to say you're looking back on it you know, like uh, trying to Monday morning quarterback a situation, you you never really had a chance of understanding how it could have varianted at any given point in time. Yeah. But, you know, she she made enemies, too, because whenever somebody tried to pick a fight with her, she fought back. Yeah. Yeah. Which <laughs> makes you look like a bitch. Even if a guy did it, uh, yeah. he wouldn't be found that way. No. Uh, so let's lightning around the last couple topics we have here. Uh, I do want to mention the uh, Amber Geiger trial, uh, which Corey didn't remember. Uh, and a lot of you probably don't remember. Uh, a guy named Botham Jean was shot in De- in Dallas last year. He was shot uh, by his ex-girlfriend, Cop, uh, under somewhat mysterious circumstances. Um, and I just looked up the name because I couldn't remember it, and that's you know short attention span. But uh, this trial is reminding me of the Jody Arias trial, where mm. like now that Amber Geiger's on the stand and will be on the stand, you know, beginning of this week, at the end of last week and the beginning of this week, I feel like that there is potential for a huge thing of like, oh, yeah, it turns out she called him on her other second secret cell phone that nobody knew about until the prosecution brought it out right now yeah. and invited him upstairs. And then two minutes later, he was dead. Um, but it also could just be like, oh, it's another cop who gets off. So... I want to stay every to everyone to think about that and like look into it because I, I think it's going to be something that pops up. We'll have to talk about it a little more next week. Okay. Um, but off of political stuff, onto entertainment news because mommy and daddy have finally decided to get back together and all the kids are happy. Yay! Yes. Uh, so after much chagrin, Marvel 
Disney and Sony have agreed to let Spider-Man come back and play in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And to let Kevin Feige go play over at Sony for a little while. Yes, indeed, which is all good for Sony uh, and good for the MCU, basically. I don't think there's any bad there. And good for Kevin because, I mean, like you get to step out a little bit and just be like, hey, most of these are standalones. They're not going to be in the MCU, so go have fun doing this and you don't have to think about what happens 25 years from now when you know, Series 8 is ready to come out and play. Yeah. Uh, which is what he's been doing for the last 15 years. Um, but, uh, yeah, they reached an agreement, uh, and I say to let him back in, but the reality is nothing has been shot and nothing has been planned without him in the MCU. Yeah. It's just like, oh, he's not going to do it anymore, and now he's back in. So, still in, I guess, really? Yeah, I mean, this, I feel like, is good for Sony in the end. I feel like... Uh, Essentially, what the deal was was twenty five percent of profits will be going to Marvel slash Disney in exchange for letting him uh, be a part of the cinematic universe. Yeah, and, uh, having Feige and stuff like that seems like a uh, big cut for one character, though. See, but I I think that what Sony probably realized at the end was uh, without the connections to the Marvel cinematic universe. Yeah, the gross on the next Spider-Man movie might be 25% less true than what they expected true just because of that and maybe it's just like a uh we have a better chance of making more money mm. even if we're giving up 25% by doing it this way than if we did it the other way yeah ps uh marvel really overplayed that hand of putting the tom holland spider-man in the position of becoming Tony Starkish, yeah, because then you really need to keep Spider-Man in the MCU the way that it's kind of like played itself out. To yeah, this and I mean, like, there's a lot of things we don't know about the exact deal. Yeah, um, what I would imagine if I were Sony, if I were the lawyers for Sony, the thing I would be fighting for in exchange for the twenty, you know, I would I would haggle on the number, right? Uh, but uh, what would get me to go up to twenty five percent from fifteen percent? is not making making it so I don't have to make a Spider-Man movie every oh, yeah. five years to be able to keep the, the rights for it, you know? Uh, but that really what they really want is the rights back. Yeah, I know. So it's one of those things. It, it's like, listen... I mean, I'm saying like they could have protected themselves a little bit better by yeah. getting something like that included in the deal. Maybe that was just a deal breaker from the go. But uh, I, would, I would... If I were Sony, I would have looked for some sort of protections of the... Copyright, I guess. I mean, in the in the end, though, if he's going to be a big character, or the usage rights. If he's going to be a big character in the MCU, they're going there's going to be a movie more often than every five years. Yeah, it's just going to every three years. It'll be just like the Iron Man movies. It'll just drop in every so often. He'll need his own standalone movie, and uh, that's how it plays out in the MCU scheduling. It'll just be done by Sony. Um, and maybe this is the first step to get some of. Uh, they have. They have somebody else too. They have some other people as well. Um, Deadpool? No, Deadpool's Fox. He's back. Oh, is it? Fa- I thought X- it was uh... no, no. X Men's Fox. He's back. Uh, are they? Is anything back. related to the Spider Man universe? Though, yes. Right? But Deadpool was in the X Men universe. He crossed oh, over to the right. Spider Man universe. Fantastic I mean, they had Four. Venom. They had Venom on Sony. They do have Venom. Uh, which God, let's get him in the MCU, please. Tom <laughs> Hardy's Venom, please, in the MCU. Um, uh, Fantastic Four. They have Fantastic Four and mm. um, Spider-Man. So that means no Fantastic Four in the MCU now. Or maybe they just didn't have that discussion yet. But X-Men are back. Uh, Deadpool's back. That entire side universe of characters is back. 
now we just have one character outstanding. I mean, honestly, I wish I could just save up a little money and time travel back and go see Stanley and be like, you know what? Don't sell this shit to Sony. Here's the fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, it's gonna a, cost you millions down the road. Here's a loan from a friend. Yes. And listen, um, I want you to write on this date in the future. I want you to open this package and remember this conversation. And I want you to write a check that you feel is appropriate. And I want you to send it to this young man who's about to go to law school and really doesn't want to have student loans. <laughs> uh, and here's his address at that date. And uh, if you want to go visit him, I mean, he'll be fucking thrilled. Um, and then just go give him that. And then like, you know, all the characters stay in and, and uh, maybe if for whatever reason they decide to give you cameos and movies or something like that, maybe throw in a little bit like, you know, like when Chris Evans walks by, just be like, wow, you're handsome, like Robert and Cheek. <laughs> well, you just like, can you imagine people if, on their Google machines like who's Robert and Cheek? I don't know who this is. <laughs> um, but look at that handsome devil. Uh, it, it's at the point now where like it's so much time and energy expended because Stan Lee wanted to keep his comic going in yeah. 1991. Like that's just it's so tragic. 1991. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's just tragic that like it reached that point that now we're worried about all of this stuff uh, and Disney cannot grow to be the megalith it is. Uh, and as you know, as far as Cerny is concerned, I think Disney's just biding time until they have the money to buy Cerny. And then yeah. it, they'll all be back into the one big thing. And Something something tells me that uh, federal regulators won't let them buy Sony. No, no, no. Uh, the, eventually the MCU will have to be broken off. I mean, until until Disney buys the U.S. government. Yeah, that's, well, I mean, I mean, that's the next step. It's like, well, if we can't buy it because you're going to shut us down, then we'll just buy the government. Like, how much uh, debt you guys in? <laughs> We're a little cash heavy right now. We're looking for investment opportunities. I don't know if you know this, but uh, we have some political pull in China, and they're <laughs> they're uh, talking about maybe uh, uh, collecting some money that you owe them. Uh, Is it? Uh, I mean, I'm just hearing uh, rumors that I've heard from uh, from up top. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so. I don't know if you're aware, we have our, our own currency that we run in the actual parks, and right now it's running $15 <laughs> to the Mickey Buck, and uh, yeah, it, on the black market, people are starting to actually just use uh, Mickey Bucks. They're, they're not even using dollars anymore. So we're in the position now where we could just, you know, bankrupt the entire government. <laughs> It's Bob Iger. Bob Iger's the yeah. head of Disney, right? Like, I just feel like he's sitting in his chair, sitting across from the president in 10 years. <laughs> Bob, like, Bob Iger, who considered running for president this this go around. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but he would but have didn't. to he would have to get uh, st step down as chairman. And he didn't want one of the reasons he didn't want to do that. Um, but I, I listen, it's also possible that Marvel becomes its own company again. Like Disney collects all the rights and then. Marvel becomes its own company. Well, it is its own off. company right now. I mean, just not affiliated with, not part of Disney. Disney breaks it off so that they oh, could say. Like sells or like, I mean, like I, I imagine it would just be like a Pixar thing. Well, I know, but I, mean, I do mean sell it to someone so they can say like, hey, listen, so Marvel makes up 40% of all of the domestic box office for films. And I could see that us buying Sony would be a problem. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to break Marvel off into a separate company with a separate board, nothing to do with us. Mm. Now we're, you're going to let us buy Sony, and then we're going to sell those rights to this Marvel company for $1 that we get when we buy Sony and get them. Um, or, again, yeah, they just buy the government, which is uh, – or alternatively – I feel like that's the none easier, of this is necessary. I feel like that's the easier way to go at this point. Just buy the government. Yeah, sure. I mean, listen, again, they do have a debt problem. I feel like it's the United States of Disney. Mm, yes, uh, we all are one <laughs> under the mouse. State of the Union, it's just like, 
everybody rise. <laughs> the president's coming in. Oh man! Uh, all right. So before we uh, before we step out of here, uh, I do think we should take a quick trip down to the Baltimore corner, where you get the straight joke. I, I hit it late. I God know. Damn it! All right. Oh well. So yeah. Uh, anyway, I only wanted to talk about this this week because uh, some interesting pictures came out of uh, Baltimore this week. Um, Corey, uh, if I remember correctly, yes. back when our esteemed governor was running for president, he talked about the victory of making the Inner Harbor swimmable and fishable by a year. Now, I might be wrong. Was it 3020 that he was talking about? No. Is it 2030? Uh, well, oh, uh, let me uh, kind of correct you a little bit. Okay. okay uh, sorry, the yeah. mayor you're thinking about was SRB oh, that right, we okay. talked about on the podcast, and she was saying that it would be swimmable and fishable. By 2020. Uh, Let me ask you, what year O'Malley, is it now? O'Malley had, had also said a similar thing when he was in office, but the uh, I think the year was like, you know, 2016, which we've obviously like blown past. It's like, been a problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah we haven't we hadn't hit that. It's like that constant thing. Like, you know, you remember when John Kennedy said we're going to the moon? By 69? Yeah, and yeah. there was no reasonable chance we were going to the moon when he said that. But it's a federal it's government, just, and they print their own money, so... Yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll make yeah. our way. We'll, we'll, by then, we'll be there. Yeah. Um, I think this is the, the hope of uh, all the mayors who, who make said proclamation. This is but, not going to be my problem by the time this year <laughs> arrives, so... Let I will not be in office by then, so yeah, sure. Don't be, you can swim in that shit. I don't care. So... You were in Maryland recently. Yeah. Uh, we are one year away from that deadline. How are you feeling about the swimmable fishable? Not good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It. Uh, I'm always worried when I look at a body of water and I'm reminded of the La Brea Tar Pits. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, which is kind of what the Inner Harbor looks like these days. Yeah. yeah. Um, obviously, nothing lives in it. Just uh, oh, no. dead fish. And Things do live in it. As we learned this week, because uh, Justin Fenton, who is really my my close tie to Baltimore, that's how I stay up to date on everything happening in Baltimore, um, reported that he had seen someone throwing scooters into the inner. Yeah, (laughs) because it's Baltimore. So, of course, they were throwing scooters into the inner harbor Um, and Lime or someone came and fished those scooters out this week. And this is what they got out of there. (laughs) Yeah. So. Um, for the video saying, version, uh, uh, you're seeing this, but for the audio version, just imagine a rock formation in the shape of a scooter, yeah. I guess, is like kind of what you're, what we're looking at. And, and from the shot that you can see now, you might think, oh, it looks like it was covered in like, uh, lava. Yes. Yeah. Or, or just very dirty. Maybe yeah. it's mud that's caked on and you might think, oh, that's really mud. But if you take a closer look, uh, you can see that this is actually like living things. It's it's kind of becoming a reef. Yeah, it's uh, barnacles and stuff, uh, of which I didn't realize were living in the, the inner harbor. But but I don't want to swim in that water. This is one week. Yeah. This is one week in the water, and this thing looks like it's decomposing and becoming a I worry. Reef. I worry that whatever... Uh, uh, type of creature this is that that has found itself onto these these scooters. Yeah, is uh, did it because the bird scooter like went in the water and it was just like, oh my god, something that might be food. <laughs> like finally, yeah, finally, 
like if a if I was like starving in a in a cell for a month and I haven't yeah. eaten, somebody like threw me in like a piece of bread like coated in mayonnaise, I'd be like, whatever is food, <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll get past the mayonnaise. I'll do whatever I have to. I'm just gonna eat it. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I haven't eaten in forty days. Swimmable, fishable. Yeah. Not really. Uh, listen, I, I, as as you just said, <laughs> if I was mayor, I would be a horrible mayor, by the way. Yeah. But if I was mayor, if I was mayor, and I was just like uh, having to announce something like this, and like reporters are just like, so, uh, so you think that the harbor is going to be swimmable and fishable by 2020? I'd just be like, I mean, if you want to. <laughs> yeah. See again. I mean, right now you could do it if you want to. As you said before. Uh, any of you schmucks can jump in. There were a couple <laughs> of citizens from Chicago who were in town who decided to go for a swim on a hot day. Um, none of them survived. <laughs> we don't actually know that. Yeah, the, right, fact that, the fact that there are some people who just Googled that means you know how dirty that water is. You, it was a question whether or not yeah. they survived. Anyway, if but I'm not going to do so it. Out, if it's so outrageous you don't believe it, then... Uh, <laughs> the, the joke doesn't work. Yeah. 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 No, it's uh it's believable. So uh anyway, don't don't I mean, you can swim if you want. I'm not going to be swimming in the in the inner harbor uh, anytime soon. Speaking of the joke not working, oh the anthem.com, Cordo the anthem.com. The anthem on You all right there? <laughs> you got to give me more time. <laughs> I got menus. There we go. Uh, oh the anthem on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the listener line, 443-219-7595. What's that number again? 443-219-7595. And you can find more of me on my website, uh, CoreyBakerFilmmaker.com, Facebook.com forward slash CoreyBakerFilm, at LegendCB5 on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, have not been able to go see a movie because I've been too busy making a movie. Womp, womp. Uh, but I would love to go see a movie. I mean, maybe I can rally some troops to go see something tonight. Um, and record something by Thursday and have it out for you fine people. Uh, but that's all subject to change. So, uh, so we'll have to see. Yeah, we'll have yes. to see. Yeah. Uh, cause you're working the rest of the week too, right? So it'd be like an hour bust. I think I have Thursday. Thursday. Okay. Off. So I would be able to hypothetically record a review on Thursday, but I would need to see a movie at some point before. Ah, yes. It's problematic. Yeah. Uh, well, you can find more of me at Robert and Cheek and all your social networks. Make sure you check out robertandcheek.com where you can find links to my political blog. My YouTube channel with the Everyman Movie Reviews now live. Make sure you join me for the YouTube premiere of episode one this Thursday at 7 p.m. Uh, subject to change if we decide to go to a movie at some point this week. Um, I may move that around some. But generally episodes will be up on Thursdays. Uh, we won't do a premiere every week, but you can join me this week in the chat. Also, of course, I'll be on Facebook Live uh, because... Uh, I want you to see my face, so why not? Uh, and you can also find links uh, on the website to the books, which are available on Amazon. By Rob's books. Thank you, sir. Uh, and I know I said I would have another book out by September. Uh, and I think I talked about this last week, but we are undergoing edits right now uh, to make it. Uh, I had a, a couple of people read it. They all had really good suggestions, not on edits themselves, but on additional content to put in. And I said, hey, it's a second edition. I should, maybe I should put in some content if uh, if I really want to change things around. So uh, we're gonna do that, and I'll uh, be coming out. I'm also working on the book for December, so you're gonna get a two point, uh, you know, get a two prong, just bam, bam here in the last few months of the year. Um, so uh, make sure you're, you're looking for that, and of course, uh, if you want the all of the videos first and access to the books first and all sorts of stuff first, and um, you know, updates on everything that's going on, go to Patreon.com/forward/slash/Robert and Cheek and. 
You get access to all that stuff. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Robert and Cheek. Well, I think we've done good here today. We've done something. I don't know if it's good. But as always, you're listening to the O the Anthem podcast, part of the O the Anthem digital network. For Corey, this is Rob. Have a great week, everybody. We didn't commit any crimes this week, right? On uh, the podcast? I mean, on the podcast? Yeah. I mean, we violated morals. Yeah. Well. Uh, and... Uh, like my moral compass is askew. But I just want to make sure I didn't commit any crime because like if I show my cell phone, I don't want this coming back on me for like some sort of nonsense. Well, I mean, uh, not a crime specifically, but I think your girlfriend would be interested in the uh, the text message that's on the screen oh, there. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs>